Welcome to the February 14th sermon from Clifford Baptist Church, 635 Fletcher's Level Road in Amherst. Today's scripture is John chapter 8, verses 12 through 30, and the sermon is entitled, The Answer That Stands for Eternity, delivered today by Pastor Michael Fitzgerald. As we come together, we are going to continue a worship service, and we're going to continue a study through the Gospel of John. Take your Bible with me, turn to the 8th chapter of the Gospel of John. John is an old man, the last disciple left on earth. It had been 50 years since he had walked with Jesus in ministry. But over those 50 years, the walk that he had with Christ percolated in his mind, and God formed the picture of Christ and the story of Christ and the gospel of Jesus in John's mind over those years. As he sat down to write, he knew that he could not record every single word of Jesus' ministry. He could only give the high water marks and the important uh, moments in Jesus' life uh, that would stand out so people would come to know Jesus. And, and John gives us the reason for writing this gospel. He says he wants the world to know Jesus as Lord and Savior. John chapter 20, verses 30, 31. So we see the reason John writes, we see the method with which he writes. He is pointing out the high watermarks of the ministry of Jesus Christ. Now last week, our study revolved around one of the most memorable events in the Gospel of John. When Jesus met with a woman who was caught in the act of adultery. And while the Jewish teachers of the law called for her to be stoned to death, according to Leviticus chapter 20 verse 10... Jesus stood with her. Jesus stood by her, lifting up his voice for a sinless man, one who had never committed a sin, to be the first one to cast the first stone of her death. And not one stone could be cast. Each person holding a stone fell under the conviction that he himself was a sinner. So the stones fell onto the ground, and those who were going to stone her fall away and fall apart as a, as a group and leave Jesus alone with her. And as he stands alone with her, you will notice as you read this gospel account that Jesus says, I don't condemn you. But rather, he says, I want to save you. And this woman, standing there with him, calls him Lord. When he says, who is here to condemn you? And she says, no man Lord. The moment that she has placed her trust and her faith in Jesus the Christ, no man, Lord, and he forgives her. Now, she was under a death sentence. Did he forgive the death sentence? No, he did not. He simply took the death sentence upon himself at the old rugged cross and died in her place. So she was not forgiven of the death sentence, but it was placed on his shoulders at the cross. What an amazing truth of the word. So as she walks away, a new person, humbled by the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, he says, go and sin no more. If I am truly your Savior, it will change your life. You cannot know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and not be changed. It changes your life. It changes your walk. It changes your outlook. It changes your purpose. And you see that He is indeed your Lord, and your will is surrendered now to His will. It changes our life when we belong to the Savior. We are to reflect Him. Well, between John chapter 8, verses 11 and 12, 
While these who were accusers ready to kill this woman with stones, they walk away. But then a mixed crowd comes back in and encircles Jesus at this point. The woman is gone. Jesus is there. She has been forgiven. But as the crowd encircles him once again, some come back to follow him as their own Lord and Savior. Some come back with questions, and some come back because they continue to hate him, because they continue to call for his death, for his destruction, because he had pointed them out as phonies and fakes and false teachers who had no connection with God themselves. Sadly, the greatest enemies of Jesus were the religious leaders of the nation of Israel. They led in teaching the Word of God to the people of Israel, scribes and Pharisees and priests. And most sad of all, these were lost men teaching the Word of God. Lost men teaching the truths of God's Word. And you know it is still true to this very day. Some of the most respected religious leaders of the world will not teach Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. According to this Word of God, woe be unto the teacher that does not teach Jesus the Savior. And there are many who do not teach Him. I would not want to stand before Almighty God and confess that I had disrespected, disregarded, and misled people not preaching Jesus Christ as the Savior of the world, the Son of God who will save any person who will come to Him in faith. I would dread standing before God knowing that I did not teach and preach that message. But these Jewish leaders hated Jesus because he had exposed their fake lives. And they continued to seek to kill him. So today, we're going to study a conversation now that develops between Jesus and these religious leaders immediately after he had forgiven this woman who had been caught in adultery. So last week, our scripture was... John chapter 8, verses 1 through 11. Today we're picking up with verse 12. So turn with me in your Bible. John chapter 8, we're going to begin with verse 12. We're going to move through verse 30, but I will tell you the last piece of this I'm going to paraphrase because I know I'm going to be short on time. But we're going to concentrate right now on verses 12 through 22. So let's hear these verses from God's Word. John chapter 8, go to verse 12. Hear these words of the gospel. Then spake Jesus again unto them. Now he's speaking to the religious leaders who hate him. So the direction of this conversation is with the religious leaders and Jesus himself. Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. The Pharisees therefore said unto him, Thou bearest record of thyself, thy record is not true. Jesus answered and said unto them, Though I bear record of myself, yet my record is true. For I know whence I came and whither I go, but ye cannot tell whence I come and whither I go. Ye judge after the flesh, I judge no man. An interesting statement from Jesus. I judge no man. And yet if I judge, my judgment is true. For I am not alone, but I and the Father that sent me. It is also written in your law that the testimony of two men is true. 
I am one that bear witness of myself, and the Father that sent me beareth witness of me. Then said they unto him, Where is thy Father? Jesus answered, Ye neither know me nor my Father. If you had known me, you should have known my Father also. These words spake Jesus in the treasury as he taught in the temple, and no man laid hands on him, for his hour was not yet come. Then said Jesus again unto them, I go my way, and ye shall seek me, and shall die in your sins. Whither I go, ye cannot come. Then said the Jews, Will he kill himself? Because he saith, Whither I go, ye cannot come. May God add his blessing to the reading of this portion of his word spoken to these religious leaders immediately after he had forgiven the woman who was caught in adultery and she had come to him as Savior. Now, I want you to remember that all kinds of people have now filtered back and they're listening to these words of Jesus the Christ. He proclaims a great, great truth about himself. If you want to underline a verse for the day, here's the verse. Look at verse 12. John 8, 12 says this as Jesus speaks. Spake again, said unto them, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. According to these words of Jesus, there are really essentially only two kinds of people. Those who have seen the light of God through the forgiveness of Jesus Christ, his Son, and those who know him as Savior walk in that light. He has shown us forgiveness. He has shed light on our sins. He has given us separation and forgiveness from those sins. And we walk in that light, and it lights our path. And we know that that light will light our path right to the doorway of heaven. And we're going to share eternity with the one who has forgiven us and given us life. We will share life with him forever and ever. But there's another kind of people they walk in the complete and consuming darkness of a cavern, the darkness of rejection of a Savior, the darkness of unforgiven sin, the darkness of an eternity that is going to be separated from the Savior. It's a life of unforgiven sin, rejecting and neglecting the only Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, the people in this group may have all the world has to offer. They might have some years of happiness on this earth. They might have all the possessions they could own, all the money that they need in a bank account. They might have some happiness in this world. But every day, every step away from Jesus the Christ, with every passing breath, with every passing heartbeat, it's bringing them inches and inches closer to eternal separation from God. Their path has no light. But if they are to live that path throughout their life, rejecting Jesus as Savior, it, that dark path is going to end at one dark doorway, and that's the doorway to hell, what the Bible tells us. And at that point, there will be no turning back, no turning around, no making another decision. They have rejected Jesus all their life, and they will have to go through that doorway to hell. That's the word of the Bible. Do I hear an Amen. Can't sugarcoat it, can't stretch it to something else. We know that that is the undiluted truth of God's Word. Those who are lost, those who reject Christ, will find themselves in hell for all eternity. 
Sadly, there is no moment of turning back. And as Jesus proclaims this huge truth of light and darkness in heaven and hell, the Pharisees continue to challenge him. They said, you're a fake, and you're a liar. You're a false teacher. You're a witness only to yourself as Savior. You're the only one who's proclaiming yourself as the Son of God. And Jesus replies to them in John 8, 14, Oh, my witness is very true. But you won't follow the truth. And you won't follow my witness. And you will not hear me as your Savior. Today you're serving as my judge. And you've judged me to be a liar. You've judged me to be telling something that is not the truth. And yet, the great I am of God stands here before you. God in the flesh. Your eyes are beholding God in the flesh. Your ears are hearing God's very truth and God's very word, and you reject it. You refuse me through your own hatred, and you won't hear what I have to say to you. And your hearts are so hard, you cannot and will not change. Now notice the last part of verse 15, chapter 8. Jesus says, I judge no man. Well, the world likes us to hang on to that verse to say that Jesus is never going to be a judge. Jesus is not going to judge my sin. He says himself in John chapter 8, I judge no man. But before we move further, let me, let me help you understand what Jesus is saying here in those few words. Jesus is speaking within a certain time frame here. As he stood in that crowd 2,000 years ago, he was not their judge. He came to be their Savior. He came to give them the light of life. Earlier in the passage, he came to bring them living water. He told the woman who was caught in the very act of adultery, I don't condemn you. I came to save you. At this moment, I am not your judge. I want to be your Savior. I'm not bringing you condemnation. I'm bringing you salvation and hope and life and light and living water. Still today, Jesus stands among us not as our judge, but as the one who wants to be the Savior of the world. 2,000 years later, he still wants to be the Savior of every person in the world. Red, yellow, black, and white, no matter the nationality, no matter who you are, where you're from, or how much sin is in your background, he still wants to be your personal Lord and Savior. He's not standing before you today as your judge. He's standing before you with open arms saying, please come to me. I went to the cross and I rose from the grave to give you forgiveness of sin and life eternal. Come to me. My arms are open. My heart is open to you. Come now. The invitation is yours, whoever you are, wherever you're from. He comes to us as Savior, but don't miss this. The day will come when he will be the judge. In this moment of time, in John chapter 8, he said, I'm not your judge. Today, 2,000 years later, he's not the judge. But he will be. Don't miss that he will be the judge of humankind. In the book of Revelation chapter 20, we see a great and fearful white throne of holiness and judgment 
and every rejecter and every belittler and every cursor and every detractor and every procrastinator of Jesus Christ will stand as a lost man or woman before that throne, before that judgment bar. Everyone who is lost will stand there. And as they stand before Jesus Christ, they will see him not with open arms anymore of invitation, but rather as the judge of their eternity. I want you to listen to a few verses. You can write this down. It's Revelation chapter 20. I'm going to verse 11, and it says this. John, the same John that wrote the gospel, now he's John the Revelator, says this. In uh, Revelation 20, 11, And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened. Now go down to verse 13. The last part of the verse says, And they were judged every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. One day the unsaved world will see Jesus as the judge. Today he is not the judge. He is open with salvation. But for every detractor and every rejecter, they will face him one day as that judge. Cast into the lake of fire. It's right here in the Word. And we know it is absolute truth. Now remember that these Pharisees were saying, Jesus, you're a liar. Because you alone are proclaiming yourself as God. You're proclaiming only your own message. You're just one case who is out there saying, I'm the Lord. But Jesus goes back to the Word of God, to the Old Testament Scripture that these Pharisees knew so very well. Look at John chapter 8, verse 17. In this verse... This is a quote of Deuteronomy chapter 19, verse 15, if you want to make a note of reference there. John 8, 17 says this. It is also written in your law that the testimony of two men is true. So Jesus says, the Bible says, truth is established through two witnesses. I do witness to myself as God, but I have another witness who joins by my side. And that's God the Father, my Father the father of the word that you've been teaching. He stands with me in confirmation that I am the son, that I am the savior, that I am the light of life, that I carry the living water that you need. So Jesus said, God my father, maker of heaven and earth, is also a witness. I am his son. But Jesus said to these religious men, and, and this is the sad thing, and he says, you teach the Jewish people the Word of God. You teach it day in, day out in the temple, in the synagogues. You are teaching the Word of God, the perfect truth of the Word of God to the people of God. But you don't know God the Father yourself. Lost men teaching the Word of God. How misplaced that is that you don't know the Lord. How utterly sad. You teach the Word of God, but you don't know the God of the Word. How utterly sad that a lost man would stand behind the pulpit to teach the Word. And then Jesus gives the most grievous word of all to these great religious men. They're held in high esteem among all of the Israelites. But I want you to look at verse 21, John 8, 21. 
Jesus says again unto them, I go my way, and ye shall seek me, and shall die in your sins. Whither I go, ye cannot come. You will die in your sins, and where I am going, you cannot come. So Jesus gives them a sad, sad truth with this verse. Here's what I believe about the mind of God. And I will tell you this, it's far beyond our little human minds. It's far beyond our ability to logically work this out. But here's what the Word of God says. Salvation is freely and fully offered to every single soul on earth. No matter who you are, where you're from, what you've done, salvation, the gift of God, the gift of forgiveness, and eternal life is offered to every single person through Jesus Christ. Every human being needs to be given the right and the choice to choose Jesus because he or she has the free will to choose the Savior. Every person must make his or her own decision for or against Jesus as Savior. It is a personal decision. No one can make the decision for you. It is a decision that only you can make. It is a very personal choice. But in the omniscient, all-knowing mind of God, he already knows the outcome. Now, logically, that doesn't make sense to us. That free will is always in play. That free choice, the the personal decision is always free to the individual. And yet in God's omniscience, he knows your decision. While that doesn't make sense, it does not take away the free will of every person to receive or reject Jesus as Lord and Savior. And Jesus tells these men one day to come, you will realize that I am the Son of God. One day to come, you will know that you rejected me as I stood with you and pleaded with you to hear me, one day you will know that I am the Savior, but it will be too late for your decision. And he said, you will die in your sin, and you will spend eternity in hell. You profess to be godly, but you'll die in unbelief, and I'll be in heaven, and you will not be able to come to me. Well, you know, they misunderstood what he said. If you look at verse 22, look at their reply. Then said the Jews, will he kill himself? Because he saith, whither I go, ye cannot come. Jews believe that suicide always leads to hell. And so these great religious teachers are saying, if he kills himself, we'll never see him again because he's going to be in hell and we're going to be in heaven. And Jesus says exactly the opposite to them. If you don't come to me, you will spend your eternity in hell while I am in heaven, and you will never see me there. They just absolutely reject him. Well, as I come toward the close of the sermon today, I want us to take a brief look at verses 23 through 30. I'm not going to read them all, but let's just paraphrase them. Here's a restatement of all that has been said. Jesus is repeating what he has already said. So as I summarize that, Jesus is reemphasizing that he came from heaven as the Savior, as the Son of God. He reaffirms what he says about lostness of the Pharisees. Look at verse 24. At 824, Jesus says, I said therefore unto you that ye shall die in your sins, for if ye believe not that I am he, ye shall die in your sins. 
And then also Jesus says this to them. Look at verses 28 and 29. Then Jesus said unto them, When ye have lifted up the Son of Man, then shall ye know that I am He, and that I do nothing of myself, but as my Father hath taught me, I speak these things. And He that sent me is with me. The Father hath not left me alone, for I do always those things that please Him. So He says, Pharisees, listen. You're calling for my death. You've developed a plan for me to leave this earth through death. When your plan goes through, and when I die on the cross and I'm lifted up, when you finally see me in death, you will see me as God. But your hearts have been so hardened by your lies, by your lostness, that you will not change. And it will be too late for you. John 8.30 says, as that mixed crowd hears these words, as they have seen the forgiveness of this adulterous woman, while the Pharisees argued with Jesus as lost men, many others believed him as Savior and Lord. As he spake these words, many believed on him. Well, as I close the sermon, let me ask you a very pointed question. I ask the question of every individual in person in this sanctuary. I ask a pointed question to every person who is streaming with us today. I ask a pointed question if you're listening in the parking lot today on an FM signal. If your heart stops within the next minute, would you go to heaven or would you go to hell? Those are the two destinies and destinations of every single person. Will you go to heaven or will you go to hell in the next minute if your heart stops? And the answer is based solely on your personal decision to have a relationship with Jesus Christ as your Savior. Believing in faith that He died on the cross to take your sin away. Believing in faith that He rose from the grave on that first Easter morning that we might have eternal life. Do you have a relationship with Him? I'm not asking you if you're good. I'm not asking you if you've given things to your neighbor. I'm not asking you if you're moral. I'm not asking you if you're a church member. I'm asking you, do you have a relationship with Jesus the Christ, the Son of God? That was his question to the Pharisees. Will you ever come to me? And the answer was no. They never would. I'm pointing you, pointedly asking you that one question because one day God Almighty will ask every single individual who's ever lived on earth the same question. Did you come to my son? Did you accept my son, Jesus, as your Savior? You know, most of the world believes in some form of a God. If you ask the world, do you believe in God, most of the world will say yes. But the numbers far fall short when you say, do you believe in God through Jesus Christ, your Savior? And that's the pointed, eternal question that every single individual will have to answer. This scripture says today, God already knows your answer. But if you've never made a decision for him, he's waiting for you. He's not here to be your judge. He's not here to condemn you. 
no matter what sin you have in your background. He's not here today to condemn you or judge you. He's here to forgive you today. Through his old rugged cross, through his resurrection from the grave, he's here to give you life. He's here to remove those sins from you as far as the east is from the west so that one day we will never face him as the judge. But much of the world will who rejected him as Lord and Savior. Today, in total honesty, if you know you do not have Jesus as your Savior, or if you can say, I think he's my Savior, today you need to make that right so that you know he's your Savior. Or maybe you've walked far off of his path in your life and you need to come back home. Or today, simply, you want to say, Lord, thank you that you are my Savior. I tell the world that you are my Savior, and I will proclaim that to anyone as a witness that I want to be yours, that I am yours. Whatever your need, whatever your decision, today is the day to make it right with the Lord. If today you need that at home, you're not with us in person here, where you are right now, in your home, in a living room, in the kitchen, sipping coffee, whatever you're doing, your eternity can change when you come to Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior. He's not here to judge us now. He's here to save us. And every person needs him. Make your decision today, this minute, right now. Don't put it off. Don't say, I'm going to wait till I'm older. We'll wait till I get all my wild oats sown. Do it now. Do it today. Make it right. Because time is moving on. Let's pray together. Our Father, our God, how serious these words are, Lord. I thank you last week that we proclaimed Jesus the Christ who forgave a woman who was caught in the most grievous sin, and yet he said, I don't condemn you, but I deliver you from a death sentence because I'm going to take your death upon my shoulders on the cross and forgive you. The word is still the same today. Jesus is not here to condemn us. Jesus is not here to judge that one who is lost. He's here. He's right by our side, wherever we are today, to give us life, forgiveness, hope, purpose, heaven. I pray today that every person under the sound of my voice has made a decision to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Because one day the world will see him as judge. And we want to be with you, Lord, as your children. Bless us in this moment, I pray. Bless we who are believers to reconfirm to you, recommit to you that you are indeed our Lord, our Savior, that one who needs you. I pray he or she will come to you today. Church home, whatever the need, bless us in these moments in Jesus' name. Clifford Baptist Church invites you to join us for worship every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. For more information about our church, please call our church office at 434-946-0555.